Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So uh, this morning we are concluding our series at the movies. This is something we do every summer, uh, just kind of a summer series, and we uh, take popular movies and we just look at truth found in those movies. And because, you know, God's truth is everywhere, right? And so we just look at what they can teach us and apply those to biblical principles. And so uh, this is our last one. And after service, we do have some goodies for you out in the foyer. There'll be uh, soft drinks or movie candy, whichever you'd rather. You can grab one of those and take with you just to say thanks for being here with us. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. If you do have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or your tablet, if you hit that events tab or hit more and then events, uh, the notes will all be there and the verses will be there. We're going to look at Psalm 121 here in just a moment. So the movie that we're going to watch today is one called Greyhound. And this is one you may not have seen because uh, it was scheduled to come out during 2020, during the pandemic. It was all ready to go and then the movie theaters all shut down. So what Sony did is they sold it to Apple and Apple streamed it on their Apple TV Plus streaming platform. And so that was the only place you could watch it. This is an incredible movie, especially if you like war movies. Uh, This is based on a true story. And it's actually based on a book, which was based on a true story. Uh, The book was called The Good Shepherd. uh, But it's about a captain who is protecting a a group of um, transport ships, cargo ships, that had to cross the Atlantic during World War II to get supplies and troops to the front lines. And so uh, if you know, the German submarines were a big problem, right? They would just hunt these ships. And so they would send destroyers to protect those ships. And then they had planes. But there was a gap for about five days in the middle of the Atlantic where planes couldn't reach to protect them from subs, and they called it the Black Pit. And in that area, the submarines would just wreak havoc on our troops. And so this is based on a true story of a guy who had to do this. Um, He was a Christian guy, and it's actually a a very clean movie. Now, in college I had this professor. Her name was Virginia Arnold. She was about this big, little tiny thing. And when she was teaching, she would stand up here and say, this is what I'm teaching. And then she wanted to give her opinion. She would step out and say, now, this is Virginia. This is not the book, you know, and she would point. Um, So I'm going to step out. If you want to watch the movie, you can do a free trial to Apple TV. Watch the movie and then cancel the free trial. It won't cost you anything. Um, But that's not from here. That was from down here. So uh, so if you want to go home and watch that this afternoon, you can do that. That's how you can see it. But so I'm going to show you the trailer for the movie real quick, and then we'll get into the message here. Congratulations on your first command at last. I'll always be looking for you, Evie. Even if I'm a thousand miles away. Air escort to Greyhound. You will now be out of range of air cover for the next five days. How many crossings does this make? This is my first. I got some. Most likely you both. He's trying to slip under us! 
We have a kill. Distress rocket, sir. We have hits directly on the convoy. The wolf bag's haunting us. You vote starboard bound! We've lost seven ships and 50 souls. What you did yesterday got us to today. It's not enough. Sir. Here they come. What are we gonna do? We'll bring hell down from on high. So that's a pretty good movie. And there's literally one curse word, and the guy apologizes for saying it afterwards um, because he was a pastor's kid. So, um, so this is a, a movie based on true battles that happened um, in the Battle of the Atlantic from 1939 to 1945. Over 3,500 ships were sank carrying cargo, and 72,000 lives were lost in the Atlantic. So what I want to talk about today is what to do in a battle because how many of you know we are in a battle? We're in a spiritual battle. This life, you're going to face trouble. This, we are in a spiritual battle, so what do we do? Where do we look for help? Well, in Psalm 121, David tells us where to look for help. He says this. This is the New Living Translation. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from where? From the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Isn't that a good promise? The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. So guys, we are in a battle. Our lives are going to be a spiritual battle. We're going to have those coming. But the great news is we have a God who watches over us. He protects us. Now, will we have trouble? Absolutely. Will there be pain? Yeah. Will there be hardships? Yeah. But we have a God who watches over us, and that's how we fight. So what do we do when we're in the midst of a battle? What I want to do is kind of parallel uh, the book of Nehemiah a little bit. Uh, Nehemiah was a, an Old Testament man who was working for the king after Jerusalem had been ransacked. He had been deported, and he wanted to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. And how many of you know, as soon as he started building those walls, what happened? Attacks came, right? Attacks came from all sides. And he shows us how to stand in the battle and look to God for our help. So what do we do? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to hold on to our dream. We need to hold on to our dream. Um, so in the, in the very beginning of the movie, I won't actually show the clip because a lot of it was in the, I had one pulled up, but a lot of it was in the, the beginning there. But so just as Tom Hanks, who plays a man named Captain Krause, right before he gets deployed, he proposes to his girlfriend, and she turned him down because she said, I want to wait until you get back and we can be together. And so he gets appointed to his first command, and this movie parallels, it follows his first trip across the Atlantic. But he had a dream. He had a dream. He was actually a pastor's son. His dad was a pastor. He had a dream of having a family, 
of having a normal life after the war was over. That was what he held on to. And his girlfriend, uh, you saw in the preview there, she gave him a little model of his ship. And he kept that on his nightstand. And every morning he would show him, he would get up and pray. And he had that little ship there to remind him of his what? The dream that he had. And guys, all of us have a dream that God has given us. We have something that we want for our lives. As we've talked about in the past, you need to have a picture in your mind of what God wants for your family. A picture in your mind of what God has for your future because he has things in store for us. Ephesians says he has things that he planned in advance for us to do. He has good things in store for us. We have to hold on to that dream. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, he talks about how he went and told the king, hey, things aren't going well at home. Our cities, my city's destroyed. The walls are destroyed. I want to go rebuild it. And the king allowed him to do that. And so he had this dream. So what do we realize? Well, number one, our dreams help us fight against fear. Our dreams help us fight against fear. When fear comes into our lives, holding on to that dream helps us fight that. Knowing that God is by our side and God has something in store for us helps us when that fear comes in. Because, guys, you know what one of the biggest tools of the enemy is fear. He wants to make you afraid. You can't do that. How many of you guys have ever had that little voice in your head tell you that? You can't live this life. You're not going to be any better than your ancestors or your parents. You're not going to be any better than this. You can't do this. Satan throws that at us all the time. People throw that on us all the time. The world throws that on us. You can't do this. You should be terrified. And if you turn the news on, it's terrifying, isn't it? Just in Hawaii, these huge fires, people were running into the ocean to get away from these fires. It's easy to let the world terrify us. But if we hold on to that dream, hold on to what God has for us, we can fight against that fear. Our dreams help us keep perspective. When we keep our dreams in focus, it helps us not make rash decisions in the moment. How many of you know people don't sit down and say, how can I destroy my life today? Hmm. How can I destroy my family? How can I throw my career down the toilet? I wonder what I can do. How can I lose my license today? No. When do we make those kind of decisions? In the moment. Usually based on emotion, right? Usually when we're tired. And so if we can hold on to that dream, that thing that God has for us, and we remember that he's with us, it helps us keep perspective. It helps us hold on to that dream. How many of us know people who have given their lives to Jesus, they committed their life to Christ, and then the first time they run into a battle, what do they do? I'm going back. What did the Israelites do when God got them out of Egypt? I want to go back to Egypt. And Moses would say, you were slaves. Yes, but we had food. <laughs> we had fish. Right? And so we do that so many times. When we hit battles, we say, you know, I want to leave. But guys, let me tell you, when you're in the midst of a battle, hold on to that dream that you have, that dream that God has given you. I know when my wife and I got married, uh, we sat down and we had dreams. This is what we want our family to look like. This is where we want to be someday. This is what we think God has in store for us. And it's, it's been totally different. <laughs> Usually our dream looks a little bit different than God's dream. But holding on to that helps you keep perspective. That's what keeps you from running. In this movie, Tom Hanks, you'll see here in a moment, they were in a, like a five-day battle, four-day battle. And it was just constant, constant, constant. And holding on to that dream of having a wife, having kids, having a family, going to church on Sundays, that kind of thing kept him in it. And our dreams help us have clarity. Our dreams help us have clarity. It helps us keep the long view in sight. 
Guys, how many of you know God works differently than we do? How many of you know God answers prayers differently sometimes than we think he should, maybe? We give God advice sometimes. You know, if you would just do it this way, no. And guys, when we're waiting on God's answer sometimes, we're in the midst of a battle, holding on to that dream helps us have clarity. Because again, most bad decisions are made in the spur of the moment because we don't think about our future. How many of you have had these conversations with your kids? Hey, you need to think about the future when you're making these decisions. You need to think about what's next. You need to think about what's coming. I know I've had to sit down with students before who are making horrible choices, and I would say, I know where this road is going to take you, and that's not where you want to go. You need to look where this road ends and make better decisions based on that because all we think of is what right now. I, I, I deserve this now. I want this now. I want this thing now instead of thinking about, okay, what is this going to do to my future? Because decisions are usually connected. So hold on to that dream. When you're in, guys, when you're in the midst of a fight, when you're in the midst of a spiritual battle, when things are going hard, hold on to that dream God has given you. Hold on to that dream where you want to go. What I want to look like. What I want my family to look like. What I want my career to look like how God wants to use me. And then we're in a battle. We have to stay in the fight. I know that sounds funny. Well, yeah, of course. But you know what a lot of people do in spiritual battles? We run or we give up, don't we? Oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I think maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go back. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have battles anyway. I'd much rather have battles with God's help than on my own, right? And so we need to make sure we're holding on to what God Showing us, and we stay in the fight. I'm going to show you. This is just a small piece of one of the battles that they had with the submarines.
That's a little bit of what he was dealing with. You can go ahead and go to the next there. It just loops. How I many you know one of the scariest things about fighting a submarine is you can't see them half the time? Right? They're underwater for a reason. How many of you know in spiritual battles it's hard because we can't always see what the enemy is doing? Right? You can't see it. It would be a lot easier if Satan just showed up at our door and, dunk, dunk, dunk. hey, I'm here to destroy your life. Okay, no, you know, shut the door. But we don't. We can't see him like that. And so we have to stay in the fight. In Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 10, Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And the people around him, the nations around Israel didn't like it because they knew when the walls came up, Israel would be secure again and they could rebuild their temple and they would be a powerful force again. And it said, later I went to visit Shemaiah and his grandson who was confined to his home. And he said, let's meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I will not do it. They were trying to get Nehemiah scared. You need to give up. You need to just go home and quit. And he said, no, I can't do that. And guys, when we're in the midst of a spiritual battle, it means we're doing something right. Satan's not going to attack you if you're just sitting around doing nothing. But if you have spiritual battles going on in your life, if you're being attacked by the enemy, if you're being attacked by people, it means you're doing something right. Stay in there. Remember, where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord. Nehemiah realized his help came from the Lord. Captain Krauss knew his help came from the Lord. And one of the things in the movie you'll see is uh, the Germans got a hold of their radio frequency, and they were mocking them over the radio. This German submarine captain was like, I've been listening to your guys as their boats sink. Your people are dying because of your decisions. You should just go home. And he was taunting him, and that's the same thing that was happening to Nehemiah. And guys, that's the same thing that will happen in our lives. The enemy is going to come at you. People are going to tell you, you need to quit this Jesus thing. It's not worth it. I know we've had people who give their hearts to Christ and their families say, well, you're in a cult now. You're, you're in something wrong. There's something weird about what you're doing. And a lot of times they don't like it because God's working on them as well, right? I know when I gave my life to Christ, there were people around me that said, I don't like you anymore. You're different. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can, I can take that, right? That's all right. They didn't like the decisions I was making. They didn't like what I was going to do with my future. They said, you should, you should just go back to what you were doing. So, guys, I understand that our trust in God gives us that courage to stay in the fight. Our trust in him, knowing that he is by our side, gives us the faith to stick it out. Because we know we're not in this battle alone. Our sense of duty will give us the courage to stay in the fight. Nehemiah never forgot why he was there. He said, I can't, I can't just give up. I can't run and hide. God has me here for a reason. Guys, God has you where you are for a reason. God wants to use you to reach your family for him. God wants to use you to raise godly children. God wants to use you to change your workplace. God wants to use you to change your family tree down the line, to break those things that have been in your family for years. God wants to use you to share him with others. Nehemiah never lost sight of the fact that he was there to protect those people in Jerusalem. This captain in this movie never forgot that he was there to help protect all those people in that convoy. And one of the things you'll see in the movie is he stayed on his feet so long, he was in there for days, he didn't eat, he just kept doing the work. He stayed so long that his feet were bleeding. There were blood trails on the floor. He had to get slippers to put on because he stayed at his station so long because of his sense of obligation, his sense of duty. And guys, God has you where he wants you. You need to stay in the fight. 
Don't give up. And our devotion to the cause will give us the courage to stay in the fight. Our devotion to the cause. I love this line in, in Nehemiah. Nehemiah has the people rebuilding the walls, and he would have them rebuild it in their part of town. And so they realize they're protecting their home. I love this line that he says in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 12. It'll be on the screen here. It says, The Jews who live near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed area. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with, with swords, spears, and bows. And as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, Listen, some of us need to put this on our walls and our homes. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember why you're in the battle. Remember why you're there. And guys, when we're tempted to give up and we're tempted to just say, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of these spiritual fights. I'm tired of being attacked. Maybe I should just go back to what I was before. Maybe I should just give up. Maybe I should give up on my family. Maybe I should give up on my marriage. Maybe I should give up on this dream of education. Maybe I should give up on whatever. Remember why you're in the fight. Remember why you're there. And it's funny, like, not funny, it's kind of sad, but in my, in my position with the district sometimes, I have to deal with pastors who want to quit. You know when pastors resign the most? On Monday. <laughs> they get through Sunday and say, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. I'm so tired of this. And what we have to say, remember why you're here. Remember why you're in this. You know when families fall apart the most? When they're tired. Oh, the kids have kept me up every night for a week. I haven't slept in a month. I'm tired. I want to quit. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this job. I'm so tired of this. I want to quit. And we say, say what? Remember why you're there. Remember why God has you in that position. So our devotion to the cause will help us. He never forgot why he was there. And so we have to remember why we're in this. Jesus has you where he wants you to help change lives, to help change families. He has you there. And then after the battle, we have to remember our allegiance. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I cry every time I watch this movie. Tom Hanks is one of the only people who can make me cry. I don't know why I watch Tom Hanks movies, but he's such a good actor. He just, oh, I'm not crying. I'm fine. But I'm going to show you a scene. I'm going to stand over there because I do tear up. Um, but they had to remember why. And one of the great things I love about this movie is it's so realistic. And I've, I've read reviews from guys who are actually in the Navy. Um, I've got some Navy family and stuff. And they said, yeah, this, this is pretty realistic. But he was sad. And every time they sank a, a German sub, the guys are all cheering. He said, that was 30, 40, 50 souls that just perished because of what we had to do. But we had to do it. And they lost in this convoy. They lost several ships. Uh, he lost, I think, five guys on his ship that were hit with a round, and they had to do a funeral at sea for him. And he remembered why. He said, I'm, I'm just torn up. And you saw in the beginning, he said, if I'd have done better, we wouldn't be here. And they said, what you did got us here. He remembered why they're in the fight. So I'm going to show you this, this scene here, and then I'll, we'll talk about why we remember after the fight. Carling, she's all yours. I will be in my cabin if you need me. Aye, aye, sir.
So he remembered why they were in that fight. He remembered why they did what they did to save all those people, protect them. Because if it hadn't been for them, they'd all been on the bottom of the ocean, right? Because they were there. So we have to remember, and guys, we have to remember that someday, after all the fighting, after all the wars, when we get to heaven, there'll be people there saying the same thing to us. Thank you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for staying in the fight. Thank you for sending missionaries to Ukraine. Thank you for sending missionaries around the world so that we could hear about Christ. Thank you for being faithful in your home, for being faithful in your school, because we have no idea the lives that God uses us to touch until then. There are going to be people who see the way you interact with your family, see the way you interact at your job, and they're going to realize it's because you know Christ. And it's going to make a difference. I remember when I first came, Amy and I came here 13 years ago to try out the church. One of the things they did was take me golfing. They said, you really see a person's character when they golf because it's the most frustrating sport in the world. <laughs> and uh, yesterday, Pastor Kenny and I played in a tournament with the fire department, and, and we, we did all right. It resembled golf, what we did. Uh, but we didn't throw our clubs, and we didn't curse. We didn't run anybody off the road. So, you know, we were trying to show them, hey, you know, we, we told them we're pastors. You know, we're also firefighters. And so we're trying to, to be good examples of that. And so, guys, the way that we live our lives shows people who we belong to. So we have to remember first how we won the battle. After the battle's over, uh, when Nehemiah got the walls in Jerusalem up, you know the very first thing they did? They had a celebration for the Lord. They threw a festival to thank God for his protection. And guys, we know when we get through these battles, it's not because we're super strong, because we're not, right? It's not because we're super smart, we may be, but it's because the Lord's help. What did David say in Psalm 121? Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. He watches over me. He's the reason I made it through. He's the reason I'm here. And so we have to remember that we won the battle through God's grace. And it didn't show it. I couldn't find a scene that showed it. But right after he took off his shirt, it showed him kneeling by his bed and saying, thank you, Lord, for getting us through this. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for being faithful through this time. So we remember how we won the battle. It was through the Lord's help. We, remember, we have to remember who. Who won the battle? Jesus did. Nehemiah told the people, we did this because the Lord was with us. Captain Krause realized we made it through this because God was with us, guys. And when we get through battles in our lives and, and life gets peaceful, remember, it's because Jesus was with you. And here's the problem, guys. Many of us, if we're going to give up, many of us give up in the battle. But you know what? Even more people give up after the battle. Because when life goes easy, they think, oh, I've got this. I can do this. I don't need God's help until another battle comes, right? So make sure you remember that Jesus is the one who helps us. We didn't do it in our own power. And we have to remember the cost of the victory. We have to remember the cost. What did it cost Jesus? Everything. So that you could live, so that I could live, so that we could have life. In the movie, Captain Krause remembered that all those lives were lost. He said, we've lost this many ships and this many people on this voyage to win this battle to get to the other side, to help us win the war. And so, guys, we have to remember that Jesus is the one who paid the price. So it's not in our own strength. We can never forget who we belong to. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning.